So when you're in two different locations, it might be hard to smoke with a friend. But when you're each during Smoke Nation, we're all in all different locations and we're still smoking with friends. So he said, as long as we can keep the rapper kind of in common, maybe it'll be like the same thing. It's not really, but we tried. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Uh, because of scheduling, we're in different locations, but our love for you is real. So we each grabbed a different cigar out of the humidor to try, and Fingers Malloy went full crux, ladies and gentlemen. Not horcrux. That's a Harry Potter thing. This is just crux. Fingers. Tony. Fingers. Tony. Look it's at a, that pretty thing. It's a Crux. That's the bull and bear, I believe. It is the bull and bear from Crux. It's the Toro, the 6x52. Uh, what, what are you smoking? I went also with a 6, but went with the 44. Wanted to stick with a Habana wrapper, so I went with the Herrera Esteli. Willie Herrera uh, right here. Some legendary name in Cigar. This from Drew Estate. Uh, this is not... I like what Drew Estate does. I specifically like the Ratzilla um, uh, and and the, the Feral Flying Pig. I, I still, for whatever reason, adore that cigar. Uh, the Herrera Estelis don't usually end up in my humidor. I I, I got to admit, although there's a lot of there's a lot of punch, a lot of power. You're talking about uh, the into the full bodied here. Some people might say medium. I think you're more medium full uh, with this cigar. It just doesn't. In, in in it doesn't register with me as oh yeah I forget like I should be having that I forget uh, uh, about it but uh, a big big uh, glorious full flavored stick even in this Lonsdale at that forty four ring gauge yeah uh, for for me you know it's it's odd for me to start the day we're we're doing this in the morning with the Habano wrapper uh, you know usually I like to start you know with a Connecticut but. Uh, you know, this Crux, it's a Habano wrapper, like I said, six by 52. Uh, beautiful, dark chocolate looking wrapper, nice touch of oil on it, good hand feel. Uh, maybe even a little beefy, Tony. Maybe a tad beefy. Look at you. Right? Look at uh, you. Uh, this being a Lonsdale at 44 is very considered. Uh, rather uh, dainty. If you are a 38 ring gauge, you'd be at a Lancero. So it's a, a little bit bigger. Remember, a 64 ring gauge is a full one inch uh, uh, around. And what Fingers is doing, which is a six by 52, which means it's six inches long, <laughs> makes him laugh. And then 52 is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, how thick it is around. <laughs> so he's got a, a 52 and I've got a 44 ring gauge. That's how thick it is around. <laughs> See? That's all he's gonna do for the rest of the show. Uh, I I dig the smaller ring gauges because you get more wrapper to binder and filler, and that ratio means more flavor. Uh, don't get me wrong; when fingers and I usually are smoking together, we're very much in that forty-eight to fifty-two, fifty-four. That's the ring gauge we really like to to play in. But I love these smaller ring gauges, and some people consider them dainty or or maybe not as masculine. A uh, bunch of hooey. Bunch of nonsense. Great, great flavor. But to what to Finger's point on on the crux, hand feel matters, especially if you're a bigger guy and, and you you want something to feel comfortable in the hand. You don't want to feel like you're working for it. You're actually straining the muscles to hold yeah. it. I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, especially if you don't like the mouth feel of a, a ring gauge that's larger. When you get into a sixty, you know you think, oh, this doesn't feel natural to be able to have a a Toro that that is a little heftier in the hand for a bigger gentleman like myself 
really enjoy it. Now, the crux, the bull and bear, I believe, is Nicaraguan in the binder and and, and the filler. While um, you know, we we we've got the same here. So I, I tried to stick with something that was in the Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan in the binder and filler. But I think we're going to end up with 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 different kind of kind of uh, smokes here. Certainly, uh, you you would expect. Or I expect, you know, spice to exist on, on, on a Habano wrapper. It's just having had this before, there's this is a very, very for me, a big smoke. It is always played as 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 a bigger cigar, especially um in 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 that spice. There, there is a richness, there's also a woodiness that's gonna come through on the Herrera uh, Esteli. And there's a there's a couple of different uh Herrera Estelis uh, uh out there that you can try and different gradations, etc. But you just lit yours up. You're just smoking fingers. What are you getting? Well, like you said, well, I just lit this up. I'm just in the first third. And uh, there's not as much pepper and spice uh, at the light as I thought there would be. Uh, but there is a, a little bit of it there. Some chocolate, cedar. Uh, it's. I, I guess I was expecting a little bit more <laughs> Of the, of the spice and pepper. Of course, that could obviously grow as I get into the first third. But right now, that's what I'm getting. How about you? Being that this is the morning, exactly how much coffee have you had? Well, I've been up for almost four hours now. So I'm on my second 32-ounce uh, mug of coffee. I I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I drink coffee in the morning. I, I, I'm, I'm up early doing radio. But I got I to gotta pace myself. I do. I need to. I need to go uh, slow and 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 easy. So I I have had I have had coffee. I, mm. I've had some cereal. It was delightful. Oh, what what kind of cereal did you have? And I has it had an impact on your palate? Um, it rhymes with minimum boast runch. Wow, it does not. I in no way had some oh. toast crunch. Uh, I had some keto lame ass. You're gonna oh. be so disappointed in me. Uh, cereal was it called captain keto no no but i would eat captain keto keto crunch <laughs> i would eat keto crunch is what happens when you run people over in search of real food <laughs> that's you do the keto crunch uh but no i right i would admit i don't think my palate is affecting me and i will also admit and this wrapper is it's got a nice bit of oil to it it's a very much a traditional leaf color in that in that lighter brown and you can see the leaf veining and that mottled black through it so i really do like the way this looks i actually do enjoy the way it feels in the 44 uh this from herrera uh, esteli right here uh the the, the lonsdale six by 44 while fingers smokes from crux c-r-u-x the bull and bear which is a six by 52 um that that it, it just it right now it's actually hitting beautifully and it's so odd as we talk about, you know, we talk about pulling out your notebook and what'd you eat today? And what'd you drink today? It matters. The weather uh, fingers is in a garage and I'm outside because the studio is being built and the new studio isn't done yet. And because we're in different places, we, we had to do what we had to do. So we're outside doing the show. It's 30 freaking degrees. <laughs> and we do this for you. Eat drink, eat drink smoke nation. But the point is, is that all that stuff affects your palate. All these things in early morning versus later in the day, et cetera. And this is not, this is not even hitting big right now. I'm freaking this. This, this is, this is fine. You think because we're both cold, it's having an impact and the, the spice isn't hitting us 
like it normally would because it's the same with me. I'm not getting that spice or that pepper that I thought I was going to get from this stick. We can handle the cigar better because the hypothermia is set in <laughs> and everything's okay. I I don't I don't know. I'll be curious to see where we are, but as as you know, everyone can know we just we just started here. And you want to break your cigar up into thirds, first third, second third, and final third. And you want to put that in your notebook, the flavor notes you get from each third. So you can compare it when you have the cigar a few months later and really get an idea of, of, of what it is that you're tasting, what it is that you're looking for. So we've got the Crux Bull and Bear 6x52. We've got the Herrera Esteli Lonsdale 6x44. We're going to smoke and we'll share it with you. To the delight of Fingers Malloy. Wendy's is already getting rid of their pumpkin spice frosty. There it is. There it is. Dietrich Smoke, I'm Tony Katz, and that terrible round of applause is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, including our book, Let's Go Barbecue, which is available at amazon.com. Perfect gift for Christmas. Let's Go BBQ. And if you want to know how to make, how to smoke that Thanksgiving turkey, there is an entire chapter dedicated to just that the whole thing about turkey go to amazon gets let's go bbq that's the book let's go bbq at amazon.com and find everything at eat drink smoke show.com wendy's did a pumpkin spice frosty and i admit i wanted to try it but i you know get busy with my my life and uh now uh it's it's gone they're going to replace it with something minty the peppermint frosty for christmas because pumpkin season fingers malloy is over Yes, it is over. And it's uh, November. It's over. And I mean, l listen, it, it's amazing how they make that pivot, because obviously people are still in uh, pumpkin spice. They still have pumpkin spice fever. Right. Tony. Uh, and so but they also recognize that I have pumpkin spice 19. Do you? Yeah, that's what I've got. Wait, is it too soon for COVID jokes? No one told me. Wow. Where can everyone get in touch with you, Tony? I believe you emailed Dr. Fauci at cdc.org. <laughs> but uh, the bigger moneymaker is the holiday season, the, the, the Christmas season. People start pivoting to Christmas as soon as they take their Halloween decorations down. So as, as much as the pumpkin spice craze is a cash bonanza for these restaurants, Christmas is even more. And have you had the peppermint holiday frosty before? It's no, wonderful I, with French fries. I, I see. I I would assume the pumpkin spice one would have been wonderful with French fries. I assume all frosties are wonderful with French fries. I I'm not anti pumpkin spice frosties. Uh, I've never had one. I I don't have a problem with pumpkin spice desserts. Yes, you do. It's when you start throwing pumpkin spice and everything else. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice deodorant. Uh, exactly pumpkin spice jackhammer yes a pumpkin spice Which, oddly enough dish. was my name on tinder was it oh true story that's science right there uh look i i i i get that pumpkin spice is this thing that we do in america and, and it's and it's a lot of fun uh but i didn't know that pumpkin ends with with halloween which by the way you want to talk about the multi-billion dollar holiday Mm -hmm. What we have done with Halloween, if you did not have a 12-foot skeleton in your yard this Halloween, it's like you weren't even celebrating. It's true. It, and it is my second favorite holiday, Tony. Be right after Arbor Day? Uh, well, of course. I mean, who could forget Arbor Day? I forgot about Arbor Day. Uh, but 
it's my second favorite holiday, Tony, as you know, because it's the one time of year when uh, normal women feel completely comfortable dressing spicy. You clean that up for radio. Thank you. Wow. That was really, really good. Email fingers if you would like to hear the full explanation. <laughs> See, of I thought you, you were going to say email fingers with your spicy pictures. I was like, no, no, no. I don't no. need people's spicy no. pictures but in hey, their Halloween costumes. Look, look I'm, if, if anybody wants to send fingers a, a, a photo, it's fingersandeatdrinksmokeshow.com. A, a picture when it doesn't even matter what. Doesn't even matter what. We just want to see what he gets. Oh, that that would be a fun little post on eatdrinksmokeshow.com. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> that would be the end. Uh, there, there's also, as, as, as we just end the holiday season, everybody uh, always asks, and we go through this year after year, what is the best way or the proper name to pronounce Reese's, as in Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, which is what we gave out for Halloween uh, this year because we are good Americans. Thank you. Oh, Thank nice. You did, did you did you sit outside with the fire pit? Oh, whole nine sure yards? did. Fire pit, cigar, the whole thing. And I will admit, some kids just walked on by. This really? <laughs> I'm there. I've got a bowl of candy, and they whoop. <laughs> Maybe it had to do with the big fat cigar you had in your hand. Maybe that had something to do with it. And they're just like, nah. My mom warned me about that house. <laughs> and, and and there they went. Uh I was because it was super cold here in Indiana. We're in we're in Indianapolis area, super chilly. But I was amazed at the number of trick-or-treaters, and I was amazed at how crappy the costumes were. Oh? Like just groups of girls dressed up like Taylor Swift. No, you weren't. You were wearing a t-shirt with some of her lyrics on it. That's not dressed up. That's not even trying. <laughs> One kid was dressed up as a plague doctor. And I was like, bravo. Bravo. My kid did that years ago. I was like, oh, plague doctor. And uh, a younger kid walking with the parents. And they were amazed that we knew what it was, which I think says much about society. Look it up. Go to Ask Jeeves, as Fingers would say. That's true. And look up plague doctor. Estimate the oldest age of a child that came up uh, to get Reese's peanut butter cups from you. 46. There it is. Um, uh, I would say a high school, sophomore, high school, junior, you know, so some kids just doing it for fun. Come on. It'll be fun. I was just amazed at how many there were. I was, I was almost happy about it because you think of everything over the past few years, and we're going to get into what's going on in, in Israel in this war with Hamas and because what they're talking about in a cigar lounge, we're going to talk about it. It has been, it has been a nutty few years, e- even, even amongst any standard. Right. No, this isn't, you know, when when kids were doing uh, air raid drills and hiding under the desk for fear the Russians were going to bomb them. But it's been a pretty messed up few years. And I'm happy to see people out enjoying themselves. And and you don't oh, you from everything you hear, you don't know if it's happening. So to the extent that I saw more kids than I thought I would felt good about that. It was it yeah. was nice. I, I guess so. I just have always felt if you need a shave before you go out trick or treating, maybe it's time to give it up. Ah. That's all. Right. You got to stand. You got to stand. But but going back to the Reese's, people yes. don't know how to pronounce Reese's fingers. Malloy. I got to tell you something. You know, I'm from Michigan and people, you know, bag on the accent and everything and how many of us talk like Canadians, which is true. It, it, OK, fine. Fair enough. Fine. It wasn't until I moved to Indiana where I heard people not pronounce Reese's Reese's. And how did they pronounce it? Reese's. Right. 
and Reese's is Rongi's. <laughs> it's pronounced Reese's. We've gone through this debate. We are the official source of how to pronounce Reese's. Eat, drink, smoke officially because we did a study. Fingers, uh, you have an, an institute. Tell, tell us about yes. what happened. It's uh, the Fingers Malloy Institute of Institutes or the Fingers Malloy Institute for Institutes. We still mm -hmm. haven't figured that out yet. We need a government grant to do a study as to which name would be more effective. But we did uh, an intense study as to how you pronounce uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. And the results will shock you. Will they? Yes. Reese's. Tell me more. Reese's. It's Reese's. It's not Reese's. I don't know where this came from. You, you, you've you lived in all different parts of the country. I've just lived in Michigan and Indiana. Right. Do, uh, in other parts of the country, had you heard people call it Reese's? When when um, I lived in New Jersey, uh, we called it Reese's. And when I lived uh -huh. in Florida, we called it Reese's. And when I lived in uh, Washington, D.C., we called it Reese's. And when I lived in Los Angeles, we called it, do you have any kale? Uh That's that's how it got said. It's always been Reese's, and then there, there's no other answer. So I'm I'm just happy we can put this one to bed because anybody calling it Reese's is, is wrong. Ease. And where can the Reese's people get in contact with you? Upset? Uh, oh, oh! E uh, email me at fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, and don't forget to send your photos. <laughs> Tasteful people. Tasteful. In cigar lounges across America, there's a multiplicity of conversations that take uh, place. Right now, the one that dominates is the war in Israel. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. And, and for us, it, it's it's not just what we're getting in, in the cigar lounge. You guys know that we do radio outside of this. Fingers has a radio show uh, in, in Michigan that airs weekends. I do uh, mornings in Indianapolis. I have a syndicated midday show and and uh, TV work and, and, and some some other things. And we, we write in places, and, and we we... Uh, consultant places. And so this conversation is everywhere for us, but it's everywhere for everyone. And so I didn't think we should, you know, while it, it won't be the focus of everything we do at Eat, Drink, Smoke, you, you got to notice what, what's being said. You got to notice what, what's happening. And, and one of the big conversations right now uh, is a one about America's involvement and, and where it should be. And, and then another one, uh, very, very uh, shockingly to me about what we're seeing on the college campuses uh, across uh, America. And as people have reached out to me, I'm Jewish. And, and, and so people uh, have reached out, which is super sweet. I, I really appreciate it. But I must admit, this is happening to all of us, not just anybody specifically, uh, because they're Jewish. Although somebody who's Jewish may have more of a uh, kind of not not affection, but connection to the very concept of, of Israel may, but I know plenty of Christians who have a real connection uh, right. to 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 Israel and watching the anti-Semitism. So just as, as a first things first, the, the American uh, involvement, what I am gathering from people is that it's not that they don't want to be supportive of Israel. They don't know necessarily what the support means. And one of the subjects fingers that has been totally avoided in the idea of support is there is a possibility that there are up to 500 Americans right now in Gaza for all sorts of reasons. Never mind people who were taken hostage when Hamas, which is a terrorist organization, attacked Israel. Um, and you don't just leave Americans. It, 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 that, that's not the way 
this works. And, and so there are people like, how come this is not a front and center part of a conversation regarding uh, Israel or support? It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre because if this were any other area of the world, that would dominate the headlines here in the United States. There are 500 Americans in Gaza right now. And, and how many are held hostage? Uh, you know, I don't know what the, the number exactly is, but the conversation would be, okay, this is clearly unacceptable. What are we going to do about it? You're not seeing that anywhere in the mainstream media right now. It's very strange. Now, we should be clear. The 500 is a guesstimate. I believe it is the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, that say it's 240 uh, uh, Americans. If you listen to Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, you'll hear even different numbers. I I'm not surprised that there isn't a, a drill down on an exact number. I'm kind of bothered that there's this level of potential discrepancy. Uh, out there it's not like everybody you know reports in hey this is where i'm gonna be and they could be there you know in gaza on humanitarian issues they could be uh work related things there could be reasons for americans to be there i know it's not a place to think of going on vacation yeah uh, but there there are these reasons so this this hostage thing is uh, oddly not front and center and part of the reason is because what we're seeing on college campuses allow me two things fingers sure uh, uh first not every college student is, is some kind of Jew-hating anti-Semite. That's that is not the way it works. Not every administration has failed uh, to recognize the brutality, but way too many have, and way too many are. They're they're not playing the game. Sometimes you'll see this free Palestine conversation, but now you need a definition of Palestine, right? You're, you're engaged in something historical and nay biblical. We're, we're talking about what you mean. Well, when you see on college campuses, people chanting uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You're talking about from the Jordan river to the Mediterranean sea. It's actually a call to genocide. It's a call to the elimination of Israel and the elimination of Jews. That's its purpose. This is not a debate. I'm just I'm just laying out factually what it is that's being said. I don't know if these college kids even understand it, but I have to assume that they that they do. And I, no matter what, I want them held responsible for saying it mm -hmm. because this is what they're advocating for. And in doing that, what what you get is you get uh, what what uh, I think it was Gad Sad, who is an, an author, S A A D. He referred to as um, the amnesia of causality. Meaning that the 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 so-called protests and everything else are all about Israel's to blame. Israel did this. Israel has to cease fire, and it's a total elimination of the recognition that Hamas murdered fourteen hundred people in ways so barbaric. I've seen the IDF video that they made of some of the uh, atrocities. You, you you can't you can't believe it if you see it. And I'm not so sure you actually want to see it. Um, it's, it's an elimination of the recognition of, of what Hamas has done. And not only by the way, to Israelis in, in this attack on October 7th, how horrible Hamas has been to the people in Gaza for years, even after 2005, when Israel pulled out, that is, is some of the ugliest stuff out there. Yeah. And people are denying that a lot of that stuff happened, I guess, what shouldn't be surprising because there are still Holocaust deniers out there. Uh, but to me, the, the college campus thing is disturbing, but not 
surprising. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm with you there. I I am surprised at the people who are surprised. Yeah, you didn't know you didn't know that this was being uh, foisted upon uh, college students for 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 years. Uh, it, it and we we've seen it. We there are there are umpteen examples, unlimited examples of this. And so I'm with you. I'm surprised that people are surprised. Yeah, and the other thing that surprises me, and I had a story that I was going to do in news of the week. Uh, you're seeing these videos. Uh, mainly out of New York. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Uh, a Brooklyn man wearing a Palestinian scarf was arrested this week after getting caught on video. Uh, there, he was getting into a scuffle on the Upper East Side while trying to callously rip down Isla- Israeli hostage posters. Yeah, it's happening and, everywhere. And it's happening everywhere. And I don't understand the mindset behind. Okay, if, if you if you are uh, upset at all about the the situation and you feel like there should be a Palestinian state that that's one thing, but these are innocent people who were taken hostage by terrorists and you've got people that are running in the streets, ripping these posters down. It's, it's just odd behavior, Uh, but I can, I can explain that. It goes back. Of course it's hateful, but it goes back to this idea of amnesia of causality. If there are posters of hostages, then you have to ask, well, who took them hostage? Mm. Then you have, then you might get into a position where you assign blame. So if you take down the posters, uh, you you eliminate, if you will, uh, people engaging their humanity and therefore other talking points which don't discuss the terrorist activities of Hamas, a terrorist organization backed by uh, uh, Iran. Uh, you you never have to discuss that. And it allows them to try and reframe uh, the 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 argument. That's exactly why it's taking place. And there are the videos out there are everywhere in in all sorts uh, of, of places. This is, I, I, I again, I want to say I'm with you. I can't believe that people can't believe it. I can't believe that people are shocked. I, I but I, I I'm trying to make sure I say okay, people are shocked. They are surprised. So there's a lot that. All right, maybe they weren't paying attention to. Uh, I can either be angry as hell at those people. Or I can be like, yeah, and let me tell you what else is going on. And let me <laughs> share with you where else this is going. And here's where it originates and here where it, com- where it comes from. Um, I have to assume that one way or another, there's going to be an aid package that goes to Israel. I have to assume that's going to come. And I also have to assume that to some level, the U.S. is going to get involved. I have to assume that that's going to take place. Because we have Americans at risk and the Americans have to come home. This, I, I don't know where I'm at, at, at debate with this. This, this is what has to happen. They, they have to, we, we have to go get them. This is what, this is what we do. We have to go get them. That's my take. I find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's a cold, crisp fall day in Indianapolis, Indiana. So we went with a beer because it's before noon. I mean, come on. We're not savages. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. We're in different locations, different cigars as he is smoking uh, the Bull and Bear from Crux. I am smoking the Herrera Esteli Habano, the Lonsdale 6x44. And Fingers grabs himself a milk stout, a nitro from the people at left Hand brewing. It's a it's a tremendous, tremendous little beer there, fingers, Malloy. 
Yeah, it is. And uh, it's funny. Last week we had the same setup and we did rabbit hole, two different bourbons. And uh, I was worried we were doing it again in the morning uh, that my neighbor was going to see me uh, in my garage smoking a cigar and drinking a bourbon at 930 in the morning and say to uh, me, uh, do we need to talk? (laughs) The answer is yes. yes. (laughs) But I've got this uh, left hand milk stout nitro from the folks at left hand brewing company they're out of colorado uh six percent abv and uh i've had alcohol by volume for those of you playing the home yes and uh i've had this before and i i really enjoy it it's got the, the maltiness it's got some chocolate uh I'm unfortunately I'm in a situation where I can't pour this in a pint glass right now. So I'm drinking it right out of the can. Uh, but you always get uh, that nice uh, stout pour from this can. It, this is one of my go-to stouts when, uh, you know, a lot of times when you go to a restaurant, unfortunately the only stout you're going to see is Guinness. So when you mm-hmm. see this, I I'm, I'm very happy. We're not, we're not knocking Guinness. No. We're in drinking a Guinness. Most any time I, uh, uh, my, my wife is, is a perfect woman. If, if I've never mentioned, but I told her to get the Yingling Hershey's mm-hmm. if you've never had, which is wonderful. Uh, she came back with the black and tan. She came back with the black and tan. Now the black and tan from Yingling uh, America's oldest brewery. Don't you know? Uh, this is 60% Porter and 40% uh, there, what they call a uh, premium beer. So mm-hmm. this is a little hoppier than I like to go, but as a way of kind of, Mixing up your your beer day, this works. Four point seven percent alcohol by volume here. It does have some of those those nicer notes that that I'm a I'm I'm a fan of. A little bit of the coffee, a little bit of the caramels. It's unfortunately for me a little more muted because of the 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 hoppiness that I feel is 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 in the beer. But I'm also hypersensitive to those things and that it's just not my my flavor it's why i go with the porters why i go w- with with the, the the stouts but uh to your health fingers malloy the yingling black and tan i i will do this all day long oh he's gonna go in ladies and gentlemen he's doing what we like to call the saginaw swish wait are we are we doing that i didn't know if we all were right, or not no, i'll do but- it I'll do it. I'm 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 off. I'm I'm outside. It's 30 degrees. The whole thing is nuts. Uh beautiful fall day, just a little chilly. Uh, you didn't even wait for me to ask, did you, Fingers? Fingers, no. Roy, are you ready for this? I've been ready for this all day. Uh, mor- he's been morning. All day. <laughs> I've been ready for this all morning. Uh, you know, when you do a bourbon, you're doing something called the Kentucky Chew, moving the bourbon around the palate, really getting a feel for it. Sometimes you do two sips, the first to set the taste buds, the second to really get the flavors. Um, this, I, I, I admit to you that I do like the black and tan. Um, it, again, that, that finish is, is more in... Is not in the enjoyable bitter uh, that that I sometimes like uh, with with a beer, but this is a very easy, smooth drink right here in the Yingling uh, Black and Tan. Yeah, it is. My question for you, and y- you know, uh, before I, I get a little bit more into my beer, is have you had a Black and Tan at a bar? Have oh, you had them pour you a Black and Tan. I've poured a black and tan. Oh, have you? At, 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 at a bar. With the spoon? <laughs> it, so is that the one that is, is it, is it Harp and Guinness or is it Bass and Guinness? It's Bass and Guinness. I, I, right. I'm sure people do Harp too. Mm. Uh, but I, every, at the bar that I uh, was a bartender at, it was, it was 
it was Bass and Guinness. And you, you've you got it. It, it. There's a technique to it. You've mm-hmm. got the spoon. You pour the Guinness first uh, halfway up the glass. And then you've got uh, or is it the other way around? Is it the is it the the bass for you know it's been so long since I poured one I can't remember anymore. I think it is it's a good question. It's, it's a layered good, beer. Right. Basically. It is, and it'll, it'll be in these two sections. You use the spoon to kind of break it uh gently so that the head doesn't get too too great and you, you know you're kind of breaking into that surface area of, of, of the uh, uh of it. And you create this two-tiered effect, and, and it's it's quite beautiful. Um, I've had one. It's it's never it, in that concoction has never been my thing, yeah. right? Because for me to order a beer, I, I want what I want, and and I want I want a stout. I want I want the richness. It to me, it's 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 everything, and I can drink it with, with everything. I can drink in the dead of summer. I can drink it in in the winter. What I like about the England Black and Tan is that I think you could do both of this, right? You yeah. could do this as a summer beer, or you can do this as a winter beer. Without question. Now, as for the uh, left hand there, the uh, milk stout nitro, what are you at? Well, like I said, there's uh, a little bit of chocolate, some uh, coffee. Uh, it's malty. It's it's just really solid. And if I remember correctly, I'd have to look back uh, at the the Guinness as far as the alcohol by volume. I think it does have it's it's a little stronger. Uh, I think a Guinness is more four and a half. Uh, so if you want a little bit more punch, but you don't really notice it, uh, this that, is that's always the best kind of punch, <laughs> right? You're not uh, aware of it until you're on the ground, right? Uh, it to me, I just feel like this. This to me, it, it really hits all the right notes. Uh, Guinness, by the way, four point two percent ABV. So yeah, a little bit more to it, uh, alcohol wise. Uh, and it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. It, it's not something where you have to go to, uh, you know, the one beer store in town that may have uh, different micro brews. This it's just pretty easy to find. So uh, it's usually there's usually a six pack in my beer refrigerator in the garage. And, you know, right around, uh, I believe I spent eleven dollars on the six packs. So not bad. OK, yeah, I'm not, I don't recall. I'll have to look up uh, price on the England black and tan it, it's going nicely with the, the herrera esteli uh the lonsdale six by 44 habano wrapper nicaraguan in the binder and filler uh normally this is not my cigar um i, I just i don't often think of it I, I think of other drew estate products if i'm going uh drew estate but it's hitting very nicely and even when i you know i discussed earlier i, I don't like anything salty in my in in my cigar it it isn't overwhelming and and i think it's because for it could be a multiplicity of reasons and the cold and the and and being outside and being early morning as we had to do the show earlier today that could all be playing a part in it same thing is true with the beer there could be moments where maybe it doesn't hit the palate well doesn't it doesn't work for me well this one does and and right now everything is combining uh beautifully the black and tan from yingling and fingers with the crux bull and bear a six by 52 habano wrapper nicaraguan in the binder and filler that's the cigar and pairing that with the milk stout nitro uh, from uh left hand you don't seem to be complaining young man it's a very good pairing and i'm glad we did beer i thought to myself if tony is going to have a salty cigar he should have some beer with it is, is, is that what is that that's what you exactly what i thought to myself i don't I, I, I'm here to tell you, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know why the cigar hit me like that, but right now it's just playing fine. And there's actually no spice right now happening in this cigar, which could indeed be the beer for all I know. 
It is clear that everybody thinks you should tip for everything. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter if you get service at all. There's always some line on the, on the credit card machine, uh, leave a tip. There's always some ask for the tip and it's insulting. It's annoying. It's madness. But now you've got DoorDash actively warning. If you don't leave a good tip, you're going to wait longer for your food. That's not what I contracted for. Why in the world is this the case? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. And for Christmas, let's go barbecue. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. Our book available at amazon.com. You can also get Let's Go Bourbon. Uh, that is the bourbon reader you've always needed. Let's go bourbon and let's go BBQ. Let's go barbecue. Available at amazon.com. You know what's great about those two books, Tony? What's that? They have not had it. They have not been impacted at all by inflation. That's true. That is true. The prices remain the same because we love Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. DoorDash warns customers who don't tip. They face a longer oh, wait. And you'll actually see a pop-up on the app explaining that it's up to drivers uh, what orders they want to deliver. So you yeah. might wait longer to get that done. I think okay. it's a little obnoxious in the pop-up where it says, hey, cheapskate at the beginning of it. I don't think that's what it says. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's not what it... Wait, you're not running DoorDash. And so, therefore, <laughs> that's not what it says. Um, I don't know how much longer this can go on. But for the people who do food delivery in terms of the restaurants that want to deliver, they've got a real issue. Hiring delivery drivers is an impossible task. Yet, they're willing to pay crazy money for it. They're... The, I know people who own pizzerias and other places. They'll pay. They'll pay gladly to have a, a, a driver. They don't want to go to the DoorDash and Grubhub systems because of the fees they have to pay DoorDash and Grubhub. What's the point? Where's the money that, that they're trying to make? It all gets eaten up in these fees. Is it, is it really and truly worth it? Some places have decided that, yes, it's the, they have to operate uh, this way. So now you're somebody who wants to buy the already $20 pizza. Now with the fees, it's 31 bucks. Because if you don't leave the tip, you're not going to get it in time. Doesn't there come a moment of, ah, forget this. Yes, there, there, there does. And it's, it's a tricky thing, Tony, because if you're ordering from one of these apps, if it's DoorDash or, or Grubhub or Uber Eats, uh, you, you get to the menu and sometimes the menu is a little bit more. If you're ordering through the app, the prices are a little bit higher than if you were going to go into the restaurant. Uh, so they kind of hide the cost difference there. But as you go through the ordering process, you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, if you're not an experienced customer with these apps, you're like, okay, this isn't bad. This price isn't bad. Uh, but then you get to the end where you check out and all of these fees are added it's the cost of the food tax uh convenience fee and and the fees add up to a, a really a, a ridiculous amount and then on top of it they're expecting you to tip and i think a lot of people are saying to themselves my, my goodness i just wanted three subway sandwiches delivered to my house and after fees and a tip, I'm looking at $60, could have gone and gotten a, a reasonably uh, priced dine-in meal for that cost. 
but I also see the other side of it where if you're a delivery driver, how much are they being paid by uh, DoorDash or, 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 or Grubhub? Are, are most, is most of the money that they're making through tips? I mean, that's a question I can't answer, but it's, it's people are getting so sick I, of this. I, I cannot answer uh, the amount that the driver is, is, is making. I, what I can answer is there comes a moment where it's no longer worth it. It can't be worth it. And I, I'm certainly at the place where $30 for a pizza is not worth it. Right. $25 for a pizza is not worth it. Unless I'm in Chicago and it's deep dish and it is some kind of artery busting mechanism. Uh, I don't, I can't do the, the, the mathematics, uh, the, the amount of increase in purchasing frozen pizzas in this house is now we've always been uh, th- this way. I don't think my kids have ordered. I don't think in the past five years we have ordered a dozen pizzas. Really? Yeah. Either they're frozen or we make them. Not even for the Super Bowl really, or something like that. Nope. No, no, no. It's it. it may, we make them. We'll, we'll we'll get the dough, and we end up making calzones more than anything else. Let the kids stuff it with that whatever they want. It's and then in the oven it goes, and at least we know what's going in it. Yeah, right. We know everything about it. But this this cost structure is this cost structure is not tenable, and I think that's where the real story is. You cannot go on like this. I don't know how people afford anything. Yeah, that's true. And then there's so much competition. I mean, you go back to what you were just talking about. The quality of frozen pizzas in the last, I feel like, 20 years has gotten so much better. Where, you know, I'm not saying that they're as good as a a pizza made by uh, a restaurant. But, man, they're getting closer if you're willing to invest the money. Even the generic pizzas from grocery stores have gotten so much better than they were you know 30 years do you have ago. do you have one that you use like if, if do you have a fingers recommendation for a, a grocery frozen. store frozen pizza uh DiGiorno. yeah no yeah uh, motor city pizza is is really good you know why tony motor city pizza is so good it's because oh. it's detroit style pizza God. which uh, people at the fingers Millet institute uh, for institutes they did a study recently and is that they right? said it was the superior type of pizza the detroit style um uh, the margarita pizza from trader joe's ah that is what's usually you, in in the uh in the, in the freezer do you shop at the hippie crunchy grocery store uh since my days in california absolutely oh wow absolutely but it's not like it's only there and this mm-hmm. is another thing and people uh who who have kids uh maybe, maybe don't have kids um there are spots for things there there's uh trader joe's there's costco there's Kroger. There's Fresh Time. There, there's a reason to go to all the places, and we do, mm-hmm. and we do it all the time. It, it, shopping is multiple days a week, and it's done in person because I'm not leaving a tip for somebody to buy my tomatoes. <laughs> I'd rather buy another tomato. I don't. I, you can't I, look if you are have issues getting out of the house. Yes, there's a reason to do the delivery. Wait, if I'm on vacation and we're in a place that has a, a kitchen, absolutely I'll do the delivery because I'm not necessarily sure where I'm at. We're just getting things settled. I get it. There's a reason and a moment on, on the daily, on the weekly. I don't, I don't get it at all. Not in the slightest do I get it. I do kind of dig shopping on my computer and then going to the store and having them load my groceries in the back of my trunk. I got an issue with somebody else touching my strawberries. 
well, I don't buy produce. Who are you talking to? I don't buy vegetables. Everything's in a box. Strawberries are fruit. I know, but you said pr- produce earlier. You were talking about, well, tomatoes are a fruit too. Fine. It's a, just okay. I mean, if we're going to be, we're going to be scientists. The, about the more you thing. know. I, 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 it goes back to, we spend money in ways that make no sense for, for the betterment of our lives. Sometimes you spend money because you just want your life to be easier. D- does it need to be this easy? That's my argument. I'm willing to hear yours. EVs, electric vehicles, they were starting to take the world by storm. At least that's what uh, the the talking heads and government officials had to say. But you know who said not so fast? The market. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy, along with Tony Katz. Find everything we do at our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Now, Tony, as you know, uh, there has been a f- push to get rid of the internal combustion engine uh, in vehicles and move to electric vehicles. Uh, to uh, disclose fully, I have a uh, Chevy Volt that you can plug in. It has a battery. Uh, gets you 53 miles uh, on a charge, and then it switches over, and it has a s- 7.5-gallon gas tank. Right. Uh, so I have a little bit of experience with, with that vehicle, uh, it's not full on battery. Uh, you have a right now a battery vehicle. Correct? Yeah. So so with with my local radio, I have uh, a sponsor who's a local Ford dealer, Andy Moore Ford, uh, and and uh, they have electric vehicles. So one of the things I'm driving, it's it's nuts. It is a, a the 2023 a Mach E GT. This is the electric Mustang. And don't get me wrong. I have no idea why they call it a Mustang. I have no idea why they badged the Mustang. People are so mad about this and I'm with them. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But what we're talking about here is a company that said, all right, people, Tesla made it popular. Let's go try about doing these things. But government has been very aggressive. The federal government has been very aggressive in trying to push this trying to force this. You have seen the investor class do something called ESG, environmental social governance, try and say, well, we'll only invest in companies that move these green maneuvers and have really been trying to force it. Well, an electric vehicle, a full electric vehicle is a very costly vehicle. And what the market has said, you're absolutely right, is we can't do this. Exactly. $70,000 versus $32,000 or $36,000. Sorry, the choice has been made regardless of what you claim is happening uh, to to the planet. So yep. I want to make sure I'm clear about something. And I mentioned that because we're both full disclosure guys. I have no issue with a company making electric vehicles nor selling them. They can choose to create products and sell products and you can choose to buy a product. But being forced into a product, oh, I, I ain't going to work at all. Yeah, I have a little bit of sympathy for the companies that are being forced to build these vehicles. I mean, the, the pressure from government mandates to create a, a whole fleet and convert your fleet to electric vehicles is, is something I have a huge issue with. Uh, but if you look at the supply of these vehicles, uh, right at the beginning of the year, Tony, according to Cox Automotive, there was about a 52-day supply of EVs on uh, dealership lots. And now, currently, it's, it's well over 100 days. And oh. yeah, and people are asking, well, what what changed? 
Why is there uh, much more of a supply of these EVs? And the answer is, uh, according to one uh, gentleman who owns a Mercedes-Benz dealership, is there's still a lot of concerns about long trips and about public charging infrastructure. Yeah. So a lot of these people are now working out deals with Tesla to be able to utilize the Tesla charging uh, platform, which seems to be superior. And there's, you know, attachments that you can get so you can charge your, your electric vehicle. Yes, there are range conversations everywhere and the length of time it takes uh, to charge up if you don't have one of those uh, quick charging ca- cap- capabilities. And that stuff is is legitimate. It is. Also, if you're just going to be like, all right, I'll just use it around town. Again, you're dealing in pricing that doesn't make that rational. And if I'm going to spend 50, 60, $70,000, well, well, now I can play in a whole different level of luxury vehicle. I don't necessarily need to do to do that. I, I People want it. Go get it. It's fine. I, I've been I've been impressed with what this this thing can do. I, I, I am impressed with the speed. I'm impressed with the comfort. I'm, I, I like uh, the, the, the fit of it, uh, a tremendous amount of parts of it, I, I like. I wouldn't want anybody to be forced into it. I don't want Ford to be forced into it by any stretch of, of the imagination. Right. Uh, and and this is, you know, that great conversation of government picking winners and losers. And in this case, it's not businesses, it's ideas. And that's not the job of government. Government's job is to create as few impediments as possible so people can have ideas and see whether the market will buy in. Yeah. Now, for, for me, I purchased the Chevy Volt. It was more of an economics uh, issue for me. Uh, I happen to, in the 72 gigs that I have, I have the ability to charge my vehicle for free. So right. if I was looking at a, a four-door car uh, that I could uh, run a lot of my mileage for free on, that's why I went with the Volt. Believe me, a, a Chevy Volt is not my dream car. No, uh, but no, believe it or not, that it's not the case, but uh, it was totally based on uh, 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 what's hitting my wallet. And that's the the purchase that made sense to me. I have people ask me all the time, you really you drive a Chevy Volt? And I was like, well, that's the reason why free charge. But I don't understand. Uh, I shouldn't say I don't understand. It's frustrating that there's this push to go all electric when there's the technology is there for hybrid vehicles to be able to cut down on uh, the, the fossil fuel use, if that's what you really want to do. And there, the technology is there to, to do that. But since this push is to, to eliminate gasoline engines altogether, we're, we're kind of turning our backs on uh, what people are used to and, and, and what works when it comes to uh, using less gasoline. The question will be, will the federal government get the message or are they going to play ideologically and say, no, no, you have to do this? Is it California that doesn't won't allow the sale of combustion engines post 2030? After yes. 2030, you can't even sell a new combustion engine. So how soon before there are no gas stations anymore and they start limiting that? And therefore, you take people of a lower income and you're telling them to go to hell. It's it, uh, because you have some ideological desire of how things should work. That's a. It, it is unbelievably discriminatory and abusive. It is. And on top of it, the fact that used car prices have gone completely out of control. I looked the other day. I bought, I have a 27 volt, a 2017 uh, Chevy Volt. That look, looks beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. I purchased it in 2020. I have put 100,000 miles on this vehicle since I purchased it. I'm seeing it 
the same model with the mileage I have now online for more than what I purchased it in 2020. Really? That's how that's how crazy things have gotten in the used car market, and with uh, people who want maybe uh, something that gets a little bit better gas mileage because gas has gone up. Uh, I, I, you know, I have a 2009 Hummer mm-hmm. H3. It's gone up. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? 2009. The car is 14 years old. 14 years old. It's and it's that that's climbing. Yeah. So I mean I don't I don't know why I don't know why it's not as much as I I purchased it for, but I've used the daylights out of it. And I don't plan on selling. I don't plan on selling anything. I have one car with a payment, and I, I could pay it off to one point nine percent. Wow! You don't pay it's it off one point nine percent. It's free money, <laughs> right? You just make that little payment. Uh, it, it's a Cadillac. Uh, I, I have uh, wh- which one do I have? Fingers the ATS. I ATS. I have the coupe. Yeah. They don't even make coupes anymore, which I don't even understand. Um, but they don't make that anymore. Uh, and and I, I, yeah, I'm not selling anything. I'm not changing anything. No way, no way. Not going to change a, a thing. But your or your conversation about what's happening and the market not being in charge is correct. And uh, I don't know if government's going to come around. I know uh, you may come around to the crux, bull and bear that Fingers Malloy is smoking the six by fifty-two Habano wrapper, which you get for ten, eleven dollars a stick. Me, I look at me, look what I did oh. right there with my Herrera Esteli uh, Habano, uh, the six by forty-four, the Lonsdale, uh, which you can find for ten dollars a stick or or less. Uh, buy a couple, try it twice, see if it's the cigar for you. I am drinking the black and tan from Yingling, which. Should be in your refrigerator. Fingers with the left hand brewing uh, milk stout nitro. Also That's should be in your refrigerator. It, it should be in your refrigerator with, with without questions. And so should Fingers Malloy. That's true. Yep. Keep them fresh. That's what I always say. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. And don't forget, let's go BBQ. Let's go barbecue. Available at amazon.com. Get it for Christmas now. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.